Hello, welcome to Patriots Unpacked. This is Brian. I know it's been uh, quite a while since our last podcast, probably uh, probably over a month, but a lot going on with the end of summer, uh, school starting up, people have been busy, guests have been busy, so decided to take a little bit of a, uh, a long extended break before we uh, got back going on the podcast, but certainly have a lot of to talk about in regards to the Patriots training camp, obviously well underway. I'm excited, obviously, for the football season to be here. Uh, Patriots have had two preseason games thus far. Uh, like I said, uh, well into about a month into training camp. So certainly a lot to talk about. So so let's just get to it. Uh, just going to be me today. I don't have anyone scheduled to come on the podcast, but I uh, got a lot to discuss. So let's uh, let's talk Patriots. Again, the number one story, obviously, with training camp is the quarterback competition. Uh, Cam Newton, Mac Jones. I mean, this has been dissected uh, on a daily basis by uh, obviously everyone in the New England media. So uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting. Obviously, you haven't had this type of a competition at the quarterback position for many many years with Brady. Uh, being the uh, standard incumbent quarterback with no one uh, obviously challenging him. So uh, it's definitely something different and uh, interesting to see how it's being covered. Uh, it's been a pretty uh, pretty close competition, I would, I would say, thus far. Uh, Cam, Mac Jones. So recently the big news was, uh, you know, with Cam... Newton being diagnosed with, uh, or not being diagnosed with COVID, but having to stay away from the team for five days because of apparently some type of misunderstanding, whatever that means. Uh, Belichick claims that it was not uh, Cam's fault. Uh, it was just a misunderstanding. So this past week with the joint practices with the Giants, um, Mac Jones got uh the first reps on the first day, I think, before Newton came back. But, you know, Cam Newton, I mean, someone that, that had uh, the virus last year, he lost time last year because of it and was certainly or appeared to be affected by it after he came down with COVID. Uh, after he came back, he was uh, even less effective than he was before. So to think that someone that was battling for a starting QB position, you know, would not just get the vaccine and not have to worry about, um, you know, losing time. It's just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, someone, uh, you know, if he's, you know, this is a decision maker of your team, obviously, um, someone you're going to, you know, give the keys to, to, to start the season, you know, with a good team, uh, with a team that's put uh, invested a lot in the off season with free agency, and for him to be this irresponsible uh, and not just get the vaccine, it just it just makes you wonder, you know, how much that's going to play into the decision on whether he'll be the starter or not. I'll get more into that on my thoughts on on who's going to start. I still think Cam's probably going to be the starter at least initially. Uh, but this this whole COVID um, sitting out for five days, uh, just it's just a bad look. Uh, certainly a, a bad look uh, for 
for Cam. Uh, and, you know, when he came back on Thursday, we're, we're taping this on, on Saturday, the, the 28th here, came back on Thursday and he, he got the first team reps or he was the first Q- QB in drills, uh, you know, in uh, joint practices with the Giants. So again, it looks like, <clears throat> looks like Belichick is going to stick with him. But again, we'll talk more about that in a moment. So what have uh, comments as far as far as the training camp, the first two preseason games, you know, what to make of it, what to make of the preseason in general? I don't know if you can say that it doesn't mean anything, but I think it, it means something, especially uh, for some of these rookies or some of the players that are new to the system. What we've seen so far, I think, what did they, I think they've won both games. Washington was the first game. And then uh, the Eagles game, uh, which was the last last week that one i had the opportunity to watch it was a blowout the patriots uh dominated 35 to nothing you know both quarterbacks looked good cam looked good jones looked good um again it was going against the uh eagle second string defense so at least the front seven or front line they made a point of saying that it was the second team defense, so you got to take take that uh, into account uh, as far as uh, judging their effectiveness. But obviously, you better better off being on the 35-0 winning end than losing end. So, um, <clears throat> so that was good to see. I mean, what I my notes from the game, what I took away from it, um, defense looked good. This, uh, you know, Judon, he was all over the field. I mean, if he can continue this into the regular season he looks like uh i mean he was i think the the biggest free agent dollar wise that they signed this off season and he's uh thus far certainly uh showed that he's worth it so if he can continue to um be that disruptive uh into the regular season i mean the defense is going to look good uche josh uche has looked really good as well um you know that that defense and especially if they get Gilmore back a healthy Gilmore especially early in the year that's they're going to need to win games uh with their defense because uh you know the quarterback situation is still still unsettled but uh have to be positive and feel good about the defense to this point in the in the training camp and the preseason could have liked their running back depth. Uh, again, we'll talk. Uh, there was a trade this week that we'll talk about, but um, you know that that Eagles game. Eagles game was a uh, really nice showcase for uh, Stevenson and uh, Taylor. They both played well. A couple of guys at the uh, the bottom of the depth chart, but a couple of guys that look like they can uh, certainly contribute this year if they uh, continue to develop, learn the system, etc. So the running back room, uh, because of, of the depth and the talent, they they felt that they could trade Sony Michelle, which they did. They traded him to the Rams, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. Uh, initially, it was, I think, a fifth and a sixth round, but uh, it was going to convert to a fourth. I think at the end of the day, it ended up being a fourth round pick and a sixth, I think. Anyway, I think I think they got good value. I mean, he has one more year left. I mean, you're not you're not gonna. Yeah, he was a first round draft pick, but I think if you get a fourth rounder for him, chances are he was. They're not gonna re-sign him uh, next year. So, 
it's a little bit risky. I'm not going to say it's not. You're going to have to depend on, uh, you know, those younger guys to contribute if needed. Um, you know, Harris was a little, little dinged up uh, his first couple of years. So <clears throat> he's certainly the number one lead back and he's going to get uh, most of the carries. But he, you know, he was a little, little bit banged up. And there's always, no matter who the running back uh, is, there's always that um susceptibility to uh to being injured so michelle is gone i mean a lot of people asking you know was he a bust or saying was he a bust first round draft pick um i wouldn't say he was a bust um you know was he uh did he live up to first round talent i would say no uh, but i'm not sure how many running backs live up to a first round billing I personally wouldn't draft a running back in the first round. Patriots did with Michelle. He had uh, the whole Super Bowl run with the Rams Super Bowl. He was great in the playoffs. Granted, he was running behind a really good offensive line that was dominant in that playoff run. But, you know, he had to carry the ball. Someone had to carry the ball. And he had a great postseason that year and, uh, you know, brought home the Super Bowl trophy uh, in large part because of his running and the running game in general. So I don't think it was a, a bust, uh, you know, a little uh, not living up to a first round potential, but not not certainly a bust. Uh, so I think of people a bit, a little bit harsh on Michelle recently uh, saying that, you know, how much of a, um, you know, wasn't as productive as he should have been. I think he was okay. Uh, again, that Super Bowl run, that playoff run was was uh, you know was really uh, you know, helpful in in them winning that Super Bowl. So so best of luck to him. I think the Patriots are going to be all right at the running back position again. A little bit risky, but I think they'll be uh, I think they'll be okay, especially with some of the depth on the roster at other positions outside linebacker, etc. Um, you know, if you want to keep a um, keep someone at another position and they had the, the flexibility to, to let go one of the running backs, they went ahead and did it. So, so I like the move. So it looks like the running back room is going to be, uh, you know, they're going to keep obviously White, Harris, uh, Stevenson, the rookie, J.J. Taylor, and you still have Brandon Bolden as well, who I know Bill likes uh, because of special teams. But he's also shown he can be, <clears throat> at times, productive at running back as well. Uh, O-line uh, is looking strong. Again, if they stay healthy, I think that's going to be a uh, above-average unit. Uh, it's going to be important, obviously, to, to keep the quarterback upright. And to have a strong, strong running game. Because again, the question's at, at quarterback. So they look to be a strong unit, pretty good depth. So I think that's uh, that's an area of strength. One uh, area that was not good on on that Eagles game was this uh, rookie kicker who Quinn Norton, who was not good at all. I know Folk has since come back, but at the time. He was not uh, not on the field. He was uh, injured, I believe. Um, and Norton had had shown some promise apparently in practice in hitting uh, hitting the ball well, really strong leg. But he was pretty uh, 
pretty dismal in that Eagles game. I think he missed two field goals and extra points. So he may be headed to uh, either the, the practice squad or the unemployment line. I don't know, but not a good showing for him that night. I believe Folk uh, came back this week, and he he appears to be uh, to have his job uh, secure again for for this year. So just consistent, um, especially last year and towards the end of last year, Folk uh, hit the ball and kicked the ball really well. So looks like he's going to be the the kicker as they emerge from training camp here. So. Um, <clears throat> So, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the receivers. That's been a big question mark as far as, you know, do they have enough talent? Do they have a one? What are they going to do? Uh, so, you know, as usual, as expected, you know, Nikhil Harry gets hurt in the uh, the Eagles game, hurts his shoulder. And it's just, I mean, typical uh, on a play that he should have had, caught the ball. Not only does he not catch the ball, then he gets hurt. So that kind of sums up his career thus far with the Patriots. Again, he was having a good camp, you know, doing great in <clears throat> in practices, but in both preseason games, he just failed to show up. So, you know, this, I don't know how much, you know, what can they do now? Uh, he's going to be out, what, three to four weeks? They're really not going to trade him. Are they going to let him go and put him on engine reserve uh, for six weeks? You know, I say you just, just cut the guy and just be done with it. I mean, this... Um, you know, the minute you think that maybe he's going to turn a corner, uh, he gets hurt, and it just doesn't look like it's ever going to turn around for him. So, I I don't know. I'd be interested to see on cut down day what are they going to do with him. My recommendation would be just to uh, to let him go, just be done with it, and move on. Another topic that uh, it's getting kind of interested in close to a time where they're going to need to make a decision, I would think, is Stephon Gilmore still hasn't practiced um, or at least practiced live contact. I know he's been at practice and I think working out and, and such on, on some of the what, lower fields or upper fields, what they call it over there and on the practice fields at Gillette. So he's obviously been with the team and uh, but not practicing fully um but you got to think that that they need to get this resolved uh quickly here we're what three weeks three weeks away from the start of the season one more preseason game left uh which would be tomorrow obviously he's not gonna be playing in that but um you know without gilmore that that secondary looks uh, a little bit thin and, and a little bit maybe average to you know below average so that's something to obviously keep an eye on this uh, this upcoming week. Uh, Gilmore status, you know, they rework his contract and get him back on the field because I do I do think uh, they're going to need him um, for this for this unit. So this past past week uh, they had the joint practices uh, with the Giants. You know, apparently, uh, again, Mac Jones, uh, the first day was Wednesday. Cam was not there, and, and apparently Jones had a good practice and, and looked really good. Again, you know, what you make of these joint practices or training camp, yeah, you know, who knows. But then the second day, Cam came back, again, took first snaps, did pretty well, and, and Jones didn't do as well as he did the prior day, so... 
I don't know. There's so so many of these these Boston scribes, you know, daily these articles on, you know, give the keys to Jones and Cam this and Jones that. It's just like, oh my God, I don't know. I just I feel like they <clears throat> New England they just they just don't want any part of Cam and they just want to give Mac Jones um, the starting job. I mean, I don't know. I'm a little reluctant to be honest with you. I still think that Cam is going to start. Uh, <clears throat> their early schedule uh, is is first few games I think <clears throat> are manageable. I think Dolphins, Jets, and then Saints. Uh, two of those games being at home, and then the Bucks game. So I I think if you look at the first four games, I think Cam is going to start and then kind of reevaluate from there. I don't think they're going to throw Mac Jones right in there. There's also been some questions about Jones's durability, and he's been wearing a knee brace. And I don't know, on one of the plays on <clears throat> in the Eagles game, he was a little slow getting up, and he might have already have some some injury issues. And a lot of the comments have been that you know he he may need uh, he needs to strengthen strengthen uh, maybe a year in the strength and conditioning program to to kind of be able to handle you know a full 16 or 17 game schedule, I should say now all the bumps and bruises so some of that was going around that um you know he if he goes in there from day one um game one that he might not make it through the year because of uh you know this possible knee issue and just his overall durability is he going to be able to to hold up so uh who knows i mean you got a good offensive line there so that that's that's helpful so uh i don't know if you can get through the first four games at at three and one you know what is is belichick gonna um, make a quarterback change when you know the quarterback's three and one, and I mean, would he have to if if Cam can get three of the first four? I guess that's a good problem to have. I mean, if they're three and one after four games, I would take that, and then you know you can uh, you can probably stick with Cam, and or you know if if you want to go with Jones, go ahead. But again, my feeling is that Belichick is still uh, still going to stick with Cam um, until. Uh, you know, he really has to, to go to, to Jones. So we'll see who will play tomorrow night, which is Sunday, the final, the Giants guys. Uh, my take is that they'll both probably play, I would think. I don't know how much, but uh, you got to think that they'll they'll play. And then they'll have two weeks off before the first game, which which is unlike in years past where they just had the one week. But now with the three preseason games, um They'll have two weeks off before the first game. So uh, how many of the starters will play? Uh, I don't know. I got to think that they might play a little bit uh, in this in this final preseason game. So then you'll have, you know, <clears throat> the roster cuts. Uh, who, who are you going to keep? Are you going to keep three quarterbacks? Um, are you going to keep Hoyer in the squad? I, I wouldn't keep three quarterbacks. I mean... I would just go with the two, Newton and Jones to start. Uh, you know, Hoyer hopefully, uh, you know, will stick around if something should happen. But, you know, I'd rather keep, you know, JJ Taylor or Winovich. Uh, you know, let's talk about Winovich not not making the team. I, I got to think he's going to make the team. So if it means cutting him or Hoyer, I'm I'm cutting Hoyer. So. So yeah, so so that's kind of a Patriots rundown. Obviously, uh, it's exciting that things are back and running, and we're right around the corner here, um, 
right around the corner to to the regular season starting. So 17 games this year. I know everyone's getting their fantasy fantasy leagues ramped up. Drafts are happening. Signing up for knockout pools. Got uh, you know trying some different pools as well this year with some friends. Um, so I'm excited. I uh, hope everyone else is excited as well. And we'll, we'll obviously, once the game start, we're going to, we're going to be, uh, kicking up the coverage, uh, probably multiple, uh, podcasts a week, um, probably shorter, shorter time wise, but more frequent. So we'll talk about that as we get closer to the start, start of the season. So that's my kind of Patriots, uh, rundown, um, Obviously, there's been a ton of other stuff going on in the world of sports and, and obviously Boston sports as well over the last month or so. So let me touch on a couple of those real quick. Uh, Red Sox, obviously, they're struggling right now. Um, you know, this is a team that was playing kind of over their heads for most of the year and kind of stitching it together um and and playing really well but i think uh, everyone kind of had this idea that they were gonna kind of hit a wall here and, and start to struggle and they've struggled it doesn't help obviously that uh the yankees are are just on an incredible roll here i think it's 13 in a row i mean heck what well, i just don't know what what you're gonna do about that the Sox are still hanging on to the second wild card Rays are playing well also. So just really, you know, two good teams there as well in the in the East that they have to contend with. Uh, now they have Sale back, which is a huge plus. He's looked uh, really good coming back. And that's, um, you know, that's going to be uh, going to be a key for him to, uh, you know, just bank on him for his start for a W because they're going to need him. They're gonna need him to be to be really good in order to um, make the playoffs here and and make a run. Uh, you know, it looks like it it could be a wild card and that one game playoff. Uh, you know, you give the ball to Sale and you know you gotta like your chances there. Hopefully, so. Uh, yeah, they just gotta hope that uh, I don't know the Yankees. I mean, again, 13 in a row. Jesus, they're they're just on a roll. So hopefully they'll they'll slow down and and the Sox and kind of keep afloat here and, and just make it to the to the playoffs and give themselves a chance. But again, I don't think anyone thought that you would be talking playoffs with the Red Sox. So, you know, all these people that are just, you know, killing them now because, oh, they didn't make a bigger trade at the deadline, this and that. It's just like, come on. I mean, nobody thought that this team was going to do anything and now they're, they're struggling and, and everyone's all over them. So, I'm just happy to to see that they're they're in the hunt here and they're they're playing meaningful games at at this time of the year and, and into the fall. So so we will uh, continue to follow them and again hopefully that uh, with sail back they can kind of right the ship here and and be competitive going into the playoffs. Um, another thing I wanted to mention just in baseball uh, in general is uh, Shohei Otani. This guy is unbelievable, and it's just—it's too bad that he plays uh, out in California. Because if this guy was on the Yankees, he would just—it would just be all over the place. It would be in your face 24/7. How great this guy is, and I just don't think he's getting the the credit that he deserves. I mean, the guy's 41 home runs, um, 89 RBI. Uh, he's eight and one on the mound with a 3.0 ERA. I mean, it's just—it's remarkable. I mean, this guy is. 
should easily be the MVP. And again, if he if he wasn't on the Angels and if he was in New York, it would just be a different story. Uh, I just don't feel like that that the national media is given this guy his due. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it could be. But again, if if, uh, if he was playing a different market, it would be a different story. So uh, I think hands on, he should be the MVP. Um, and that just I love the fact that he's a two way player and he's doing well both on the mound and with the bat. So uh, continued success to him. Another thing, uh, another baseball item that's been uh, just been on constantly the last two weeks is this, is the Little League World Series. So I bring this up only because, and I didn't know this until I guess I should have known this, but um, you know what's come, what is also filtered into Little League Baseball, instant replay. Yeah, so they use an instant replay in Little League. It's just ridiculous. You know, these umpires, they, they go back into this little or by the fence and they I don't know who they're talking to or they're looking at uh, I don't know if they're looking at anything or just someone else is reviewing the replay but really and I think one of those, one of the replays I saw the kid hit a home run and he like missed third base or something and I don't know you couldn't really tell if he missed it or not it looked like he might have but I'm just like really it's just it's just ridiculous again just it's overkill on instant replay it's everywhere um, just let the umpire make a mistake for crying out loud. Anyways, I'm just, <clears throat> I'm sick and tired of it. This Little League World Series this year, I don't know if it, uh, there's more games. I don't think there's an international presence, so it's present, so it's all U.S. teams. So I don't know if it's bigger or not, but it just seems like there's been 500 games. I don't know. It's like there's three games every day and on and on and on. And I know they're, they're starting showing games in the districts or in the, the regionals or whatever. So before they even get to Williamsport. So this is all over the TV. And uh, I don't know why I'm talking about it so much. But anyways, it's it's just been uh, a little uh, a little overkill here with the with the Little League. But but anyway, enough about baseball. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the Celtics. Wow. I mean, since the last time I think we've been on the podcast, I can't even go, you know, get get into all of the changes here well obviously we're gonna get Philly on and Melchin and, and kind of do do a more in-depth dive into to all this but you know Celtics changes obviously uh Ainge is out uh Stevens is in the front office uh new head coach uh Imi Yudoka Ime Yudoka is that how you pronounce it I think so uh, they got rid of Kemba brought back Al Horford uh re-signed Smart and Williams just I mean, again, the big thing was kind of keeping this like financial flexibility in order to get a third star maybe next year. And they've seemed to have been able to do that, but also um, really, really changing the roster or getting some new faces in there um, as well. So the smart signing, I'm not a huge fan of. I like the Williams signing, uh, bringing him back. Uh, I just you got to take the risk with the talent that you have. I, mean, I just I don't see prime free agent talent coming to Boston. So if you have the talent in house, even though it may be a little risky with injuries, um, I think you got to lock them up. And I think that's what they did with Williams. Um, I think Smart is kind of worn out as welcome here. Uh, so I wasn't a fan of that. And who knows? I mean, they just may be signing them to, to package them up and and trade him away for for some someone else again a third superstar but 
we'll be interested to see what uh, what the Celtics do um, do this year uh, and see what uh, what they have in store. But again, I, I gotta um, I'll get uh, the guys on and, and we'll talk uh, into uh, more detail on on the Celtics uh, for for uh, for next year. So. What else do I have here? I don't know. I um, this one one thing I don't know if you guys watched or listened to the Pat McAfee show, but is is Pat McAfee like is this guy everywhere right now? I mean, I kind of started following him on Twitter and then catching some of his show, and I guess he has AJ Hawk on there, which I didn't know he was into radio. But anyway, he has a radio show. Then I just realized a couple of weeks ago that he also is, uh, he does SmackDown too. He's the, one of the commentators on SmackDown for WWE. He's at SummerSlam. He has all sorts of big name guests on his show. I mean, he has, gets everybody on there. I think even Aaron Rodgers was on there and he's just everywhere. So I don't know if, if you guys have, uh, <clears throat> noticed that as well. I mean, he does a pretty good job. I guess I can't say that I've listened to him and seen him, uh, a whole lot to, to really form a, an opinion yet, but uh, I'll probably, probably check in on some of his stuff and see. He came down with COVID too, and I know he was like doing his show from his, his you know, his, his bed. He had, uh, you know, the video on and he was, he was doing that. I think, I think AJ Hawk does it remotely too. So it's kind of an interesting setup where he's, you know, he's got AJ Hawk somewhere and he's got some clowns in the studio there that he talks to and he's sitting there with like a, tank top on doing his thing but um but anyway uh yeah just uh <clears throat> she's been all over the place and just uh thought I'd, I'd give that a shout out so <clears throat> so i think that's all i have uh today it was uh like i said it's just gonna be me spewing some information and, and catching back up with you guys uh i think next week we'll we'll reach out and, and get some of the guys and some of the guests back on get back into a, a more regular routine and then uh you know we'll obviously do a, a patriots preseason maybe special give some predictions on uh, on the team and what the win-loss record might look like and then um then we'll get into breaking down games week by week and, and recapping games week by week so definitely looking forward to it hope you uh hope you can join me and hope you get some entertainment uh out of this podcast and uh we will get back together soon so thanks for listening um again i hope you're all uh, enjoying the end of the summer here getting the kids back in school safely with uh, everything going on so until next time my friends thank you for listening to patriots unpacked be well be good <laughs>